Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. It is Monday, October 2nd, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. That is Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. And first of all, let's clear the decks here. We know you got some nasty storms going down there in Florida. So, internet's a little shoddy. Are you okay? You hanging on? Yeah, I, I woke up to the, it'll be back by 8.30 text, and then it'll be back by 9.30 text, and now they're just like, hey, it's going to take a long time. So hopefully we're good for Monday Night Football, New York Giants, but oh. we're making do. I got my phone on a cardboard box with a Eli Manning signed helmet hold, propping up the phone. Oh, where'd you get the Eli Manning signed helmet? I got it as an anniversary gift, actually. Pretty nice. Oh, somebody loves you. That is that is as good Which as it is gets. breaking news, too, you know. Well, I mean, it would be better if it was a Jeff Hostetler signed helmet, but that's neither here nor there. So I don't know if you had a chance to watch the game over in London, the Jags and Falcons. Uh, I turned it on out of curiosity before I called the Browns game. And, and I loved, I know you're not into gimmicks and stuff like that. Please tell me you at least watched a little of the Toy Story animation of the game. No, I actually liked that. Like then when they did the Nickelodeon thing a couple of years, yes. or the last couple of years, I loved it. Like, and I also love the internet making Mitch Trubisky the MVP in uh, the game that he lost. I thought that was very funny. So I actually, I actually do kind of like that type of stuff. Like I watched that Bears Saints playoff game on Nickelodeon. I didn't realize they were doing this until like the fourth quarter, though. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Now listen, there were some hitches, there were some hiccups, glitches, I should say. I, I, I get it, but I mean the way it looked, it was sensational. I hope they do it again. It's all about trying to get a new, cultivate a new audience and younger kids. And who doesn't love the movie Toy Story? So for God's sakes, they were using Slinky Dog as the down markers. Like that was a, that was a big deal. I loved every bit of it. I thought it was really cool. All right, let's get on to our five questions here today. Um, we know some facts out there. There are two unbeaten's left in the NFL. They're both in the NFC. You got the Niners and the Eagles. But in the AFC, four teams currently sit at three and one: Bills, Dolphins, Chiefs, Ravens. Rank those four for me. I feel really good about number one, and it's the Bills. Do you agree with me? I do. I, I was actually asked the question yesterday um, if the winner of the Bills-Dolphins game would be the top team in the AFC. And I said, yes, if Miami won, but not necessarily if the Bills won, because I still wanted to save a slot for the Chiefs. But after watching the way that Buffalo has dismantled teams over the last three weeks. Yes, I would agree with you. I mean, the Bills, man, what they're doing, like McDermott has kind of taken over the defense a little more with um, Leslie Frazier gone. And they just were able to just disguise everything in late. And they have, we talked about it on Friday's pod, Chris, is like you just got to throw different stuff at Tua and not let him know what you're doing. And not a lot of teams can do what the Bills did because it's complicated. And they were able to do that, you know, stop Tua from, you know, really pushing the ball and having those easy reads. And their pass rush was connected with it, right? And I think the Bills, because they don't have the star player on the pass rush, at least with Vaughn Miller out, their pass rush gets underrated. But they've got a good group of guys. And then Allen on the other side, like patient, took what was there, only two throws over 20 yards in this game, had everything was there. And Stephon Diggs was able to just, like, kind of dominate that mismatch he had versus Miami. Yeah, so I would go Buffalo 1. I know that Miami's defense has not been 
totally what it wants to be. And that it might not get right until Jalen Ramsey gets back. So the prospects of having him on one side and Xavier Howard on the other, I think could be nightmares for teams down the stretch. And I think it'll certainly help, help their pass rush immensely. So I think I put them two. Me too. The, the problem is I don't know where to put the Chiefs right now because I have been so uninspired by their wide receiver core that I wonder if that's the thing that'll prevent them. Chris, we're getting to know each other a lot better. I have the same exact <laughs> notes, right? Where with the Dolphins, like I still have a lot of faith with them. Um, like I said, not many teams can do what the Bills did. And if teams try to copy this game plan, Mike McDaniel will figure it out and adjust. Right. And I think, like you said, Jalen Ramsey getting back. The Chiefs, so I'm gonna I wanted to ask you about the Ravens because you obviously got the walks them up close yes. and personal. Um, but I just really think this wide receiver crew holds them back, right? Well, they're a good team. Right, they're a good team, and again, we're saying the number three team in the AFC, which is strong. So it's not even like a big slight, but because of the standard they have, I mean, their leading top two receivers are Justin Watson and Rasheed Rice. That's their number one and their number two guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel comfortable if any. If you get a piece of team that can play some real lockdown man, and then they able to you know double up Kelsey, you're gonna have issue, and you know the Jet and. and you're going to get like Mahomes. Is he going to be patient enough with these guys? And you saw him last night have like those. Hey, I'm just I'm going to throw this and see what happens because I'm I'm getting a little impatient, right? Because he doesn't have the guys to consistently be patient right now with the way defenses play him. Where I don't know, I have them at three, but I I can be talked out of them and put them at four uh, under the Ravens. I agree. Now with the Ravens, since I did call the Browns Baltimore game yesterday, I can tell you this. There are a lot of teams that through the first month of a season are searching for an identity. What are we? What do we do best? The Baltimore Ravens, under 16 years of John Harbaugh's leadership, have been the same team, no matter who's been there. Now, I know that they changed their offense in 2018, actually midseason, basically, when they went from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, and that was a huge 180 that they did. But other than that, we really know exactly what they're about. The guy, Their inactive list was like an all-star team. There was no... Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, uh, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., um, Owe wasn't there. They had put Ojabo on the injured list earlier that day. So we're not talking about rookies that are trying to get a redshirt year. We're talking about key contributors, and they still come out and they know exactly what they are, whoever's running the ball, catching the ball, and playing defense. And if they can just figure out a way to unlock their wide receivers a little bit downfield. I think they are a serious, serious threat in the AFC. Yeah, I, I think that defense is humming, right? They like we talked about it all. Hopefully you're not frozen for everyone. Um and that was like the Brown the I know you're more frustrated than me, but the Browns was just like the offense just gave them no shot. None. But like the Ravens didn't have like this great offensive game versus the Browns, right? They had six three and outs. Their first five drives were three three and outs, a touchdown off of an interception, one play, and then a fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able to just get enough big plays to beat a bad Browns offense, right? Like if you go look at it, there's only like five or six plays that really got them into scoring range, and a lot of them were Lamar buying time and then throwing, uh, you know, throwing to Mark Andrews. There was another one. Uh, that he completed and got them into points. So I think if the Browns had like a just a competent offense, this game might be like twenty to seventeen Ravens. 
but again, like against this, I still think this Browns defense is amazing. And for them to just hey, all we gotta do is create enough plays just to just to get in those scoring range, and that's what yeah. they did. All right, so it'll be interesting, and we'll check in, I'm sure, in the AFC over the next month as well. All right, so bigger quarterback news to come out of the AFC East on Sunday, that Zach Wilson actually looked pretty damn good Sunday night as he nearly led a Jets upset of the Super Bowl champs, or that Mac Jones got pulled in the third quarter as the Pats suffered the worst loss ever for a Bill Belichick coach team. Zach Wilson's had good games before. To me, it's this Patriots stuff with Mac, well, Mac Jones. I mean, that game was ugly. Like, he was – know who you are, Mac Jones. Like, he's rolling out and then throwing to the other side of the field. Not You know, you had the pick six. There could have been a couple other, you know, interceptions that he had. It was just totally broken. And they only averaged 13 points per game on offense through four weeks. And they are another team where, like, if the offense was just average – they could win. They could be three and one right now, or two and two. And instead, they're one and three, barely beating the Jets off of you know thirteen offensive points. Um, I love Bill Belichick, right? I hate when people try to take away from his success because Tom Brady was like they they matched up what he's able to do. But how is this going to end for Bill and the Patriots? Because they don't have where are the good players on offense, right? And right. Bill has a lot of say in that, and that's where you can really like jab at him is like the personnel decisions. Where where are the good players on this offense? They're, they're they're not there. Well, but that has kind of been the hallmark of Belichick's tenure in New England. I will say this. I do think that TB12 covered up a lot of whatever ills there were out there. Because if you're – for a team that was that successful for that long a time, wouldn't – shouldn't they have been like the Steelers in terms of Hall of Famers? Had like 11 or 12 Hall of Famers. Instead, it's going to be Brady – Gronk, um, Richard Seymour just got in, right? Ty Law. Uh, I, I imagine I'm missing somebody else. But I, I guess my point is, Randy Moss, but I don't, even though he had a nice run up there, you don't. the first thing you don't think about with Randy Moss is his New England tenure, right? You think of him elsewhere for the most part. So I, I guess my point is this is that they never had a ton of stars in that system. That's just not how they were built. And now that they don't have the right quarterback to engineer this thing, their blemishes show up all over the place. It feels like it could go downhill for a while. There's no playmakers. There's It feels like there's very little speed on the offensive side of the football. And then your quarterback, whether it was Joe Judge miscalling plays or now Bill O'Brien through a month, this has been a disastrous last year and a half for this offense. Yeah, they clearly don't like – and I, I I think Mac Jones deserves a lot of blame in this too, where he just seems to be – like for some reason, he doesn't get called out for being like kind of childish, right, with some of the stuff that's went on with him and, you know, after yes. after play activity. Um, kind of seems like a spoiled brat a little bit. Um, it's just – like and you, but I go I do go back and look at like the stuff they did on offense with those other guys. It's like you had Gronk and Edelman, right? Like it was kind of like Mahomes, is where you had you at least had you know the main guy and then some good supporting cast. You know Moss and Welker. I think in the beginning of those runs is when that really spoke to it. When you had Deion Branch winning a Super Bowl MVP, but those defenses were what really drove those Patriots right. teams as well. And you saw the last year in New England when it started to break down a little bit. That's when. That offense, like that last year of Brady, the offense was really bad. 
Like it, but the defense was just on another level that year um, that they were able to get to the playoffs and then lost to the Titans. But it's just again, I, like I still think if they had Bill O'Brien can call it decent enough plays. If they had just had some type of talent on offense, but they don't have any, and their offensive line's banged up too. Ramondre Stevenson was supposed to be, you know, really good. He's averaging two point seven yards per carry. Their run game is doing nothing. Um, Juju Smith Schuster is, you know, they paid Juju, and that's another thing. First, like the personnel, like you gave Juju the same contract that Jacoby Myers got. Uh, so it's just personnel, but again, that's where I think Bill deserves some blame, and that could be like, and that's where I asked the question: How does this end for uh, Bill Belichick? I will not deal with revisionist history, like oh, Bill's not that good of a head coach. Um, but how does this end? I don't know. I don't know. Yes or no? Mac Jones is the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots at this time next year. No, I don't think he's going to be starting next week. I think they might actually go to that. Well, I think there's they, some issues there. They asked. They asked Belichick on Monday morning for his post mortem, and he said probably not. We're probably not going that direction. That we think it'll be Mac. Jones. Oh, okay. But okay. that's what he said. Okay. But we'll see. That but this time next year, I don't. Think subject so. to change. Hey, real quickly, I do want to give Zach Wilson some love because we beat him up pretty good on this show on Friday. And I know that you said that he's had some good games, but not when his team is down by that amount of points against the defending Super Bowl champs under the bright lights of Sunday night football when everybody is hating on him. I thought he played really, really well. I thought he did some nice things. And most importantly, I actually liked seeing him mouth words to his teammates like, I'm the fucking reason we lost on the sideline. And for him to accept the blame on that fumble and everything else, and it wasn't just that play, right? It was. It's always other things. I thought that was a big step for him. And I don't know how it's going to end for him. But at least for one night, it was nice that a kid who's taken a lot of shit had a chance to shine a little. I, I like. Oh that yeah, story. it could have been. It, it could have been the total unraveling for them, and instead, it's you know, I guess there's some more positive vibes, some positive vibes in the building for at least yeah. a week. The NFL season is going strong and drafting sports opening up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Spend five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FOOTBALL TODAY. No spaces, just FOOTBALL TODAY. And say, this is our first ad read, so go go show out. New customers can score $200 and instantly and instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code football today, one word, only on drafting sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Getting part of a 100 gamer, visit www.1800gamer.a. New York, call 8778 open wire, tech open wire, 467 369. Connecticut help was available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7779. Or visit ccpg.org. Dot DraftKings.com slash football tennis for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsibilities, game, game, responsible gaming resources, and speeding. You'll be glad you did. All right, so a couple of AFC North teams lost on the road against AFC South teams. Were you more impressed by Houston's C.J. Stroud and his performance against Pittsburgh or left wondering what continues to go on with Cincinnati as they got throttled in Tennessee? I kind of... 
like I feel like we know what the deal is with the Bengals right now is they ran their offense through like quarterback, 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 and then with like he's not the same with the cap injury. He's not able to drive off the block. With but the CJ Stroud's impressive, man. What he's doing, right? Like that offensive line is banged up. The entire offensive line is essentially missing games. That includes Laramie Tunsil, who's you know an All Pro level left tackle, and he's not be, he's not being put in this offense where. It's gimmicky. It's made for a rookie quarterback where, you know, you're using his legs. No, he's just kind of sitting in the pocket and processing um, and taking advantage of, like, the guys that he has. And Texans have, like, modest weapons, but they those weapons are going to look horrible with bad quarterback play. And he's making them look better. Like, Nico Collins, he's fifth in receiving the NFL. I think he's been one of the more underrated players in the NFL for a long time because of bad QB play. But, uh you know, C.J. Stroud's getting the most out of him. Tank Dell, the rookie out of Houston. Um, and then they have the nice little tight end duo of Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz and Brevin Jordan. Um, like, C.J. Stroud was just kind of doing normal quarterback play, not gimmicky, let's bring the rookie along stuff. And he's looking very good doing it when he has every reason to not be. I First of all, let's start with this. Houston, you have to officially change your helmet to that red one you wore yesterday. Like, that thing is unbelievably great. And I would actually go out and buy that. If you wear that with the red every time at home, I'm in. I am in. That shit looks great. So let's start there. That was good. Um, let's spin it back to the draft. When C.J. Stroud and all those reports a couple days leading up to the draft was he didn't test well on the you know, um, processing test and all that sort of stuff. And whatever. Shit gets out there all the time. I feel terribly for these kids. But whatever, it leaks out there. And then he gets drafted second, and people are like, oh, oh my God, this guy's just going to be horrible. And especially in a Houston situation, he's going to – well, he has looked phenomenal. And do you know that this year, through four games, he's thrown six touchdowns. He hasn't turned it over. I'm going to repeat that. For a rookie quarterback, and it's not like he's thrown 15 times a game. In the last two weeks, he's thrown combined 60 times. And he hasn't turned it over once this year. And in the last two weeks, with a – patchwork offensive line that wasn't good to begin with and let alone missing starters left and right he hasn't been sacked and he went against Jacksonville and Pittsburgh and those are two teams that can apply a little heat on you so this means that he is processing stuff this means he is making quick decisions and he is a really you know where he's great throwing the football between like 15 and 30 yards man Which like is where I think is, your money's made yeah that is where his bread is buttered and those are huge chunk plays to be had out there. Now, I don't know where this is going to lead for the end of the season at the AFC South, and they have to do as well as they can because they don't have their first-round pick. They traded it to Arizona in the Will Anderson deal, but at least they're a good watch, and I love that. Will Anderson's killing too. I love him. So I didn't go deep into the quarterbacks this year for draft prep. Um, and – to me, but I, I've watched C.J. Stroud casually, and he kind of had the Ohio State QB stink, right? Where you don't judge the helmet, you judge the player. But there's also like a reason, like it's so easy at Ohio State with what they do on offense and the receivers they have, where it's like it is kind of a little easy to judge the helmet with those guys. And Stroud, out of the Ohio State quarterbacks, had these bad games too at Ohio State, right? Where they would win. But it was just like, this did not look clean. You, you know, you're not seeing the field well. You're not completing, the, like, having 50% completion rate. That should never be happening at Ohio State. And he's the one that's bucking the trend, uh, which I think is 
kind of a big deal, and it, and it can change how you go and look at quarterbacks in the draft. Well, I will tell you this. As kind of a quasi-Ohio State fan, they're, they're a distant fourth in my rooting interest behind the Browns, Guardians, Cavs. But we do watch them as much as we can in the Rose household. When he used his legs, when he was willing to run, he was a different player. And like in that semifinal game against Georgia, when he ran, he was great against a top-flight defense. And so that's why yeah. I always felt like his skill set could translate over into the NFL game because his willing – I don't know why he was so unwilling to run, uh, particularly last season in Columbus. But as long as that part of his game remains a threat, I think he's going to be really good. I do want to say this about Cincinnati, and I don't care about the Jamar Chase comments. Like, listen, I am a huge Jamar Chase fan. I think he is a baller. And when he says he's fucking open, I believe that he's fucking open every play. This is a real concern now for Cincinnati. This is different than last year in their start. Okay, three offensive touchdowns in four games. That is the worst in the NFL. They've been held to three points twice. Last year, their season low in a game was 13, and only three times all year where they held under 20. This is an offense, even in their one win that Monday nighter against the Rams, has not looked good, and it's not going to get any better. I don't know how far in school Jamar Chase actually got because he didn't participate that last year at LSU, but I would believe him if he said he was a doctor because in the preseason he said, Joe, go relax. We'll see you in week five. Like, get healthy. Well, they didn't do that, and now they're a month into this shit show. They're one and three. He physically hasn't gotten any better, and he got called out in the middle of class last week by the principal and Mike Brown and asked to go take a spin on his golf cart in front of the rest of the team during stretch. There is some weird shit going on here, man. Yeah. I know I didn't watch that game closely. I just watched some of the highlights of it. and There wasn't very many from Cincinnati, but – you always watch, even when they were good, like, this is a wild way to play football, where they get an empty, Burrow's going to take sacks and hits, and if he's not, and he's been, like, even though he's not fast, he's more mobile than people realize, and the first few games when I did watch him, I was like, it's, it's not working, him getting outside the pocket, and he's not being able to deliver these throws. Um, so I need to watch them closer to, like, give real thoughtful analysis, but they've always played, like, a reckless type of ball. Yeah, well, listen, the next two weeks, they're at Arizona, then they got Seattle on the bye, and then the next four out of there are going to determine their season, in my opinion. At San Francisco, home against Buffalo, home against Houston, who is playing better than we anticipated, and at Baltimore. You'll know over the next six to seven weeks where the two-time defending AFC North champs sit. Uh, I just mentioned the Niners. Christian McCaffrey got a really nice warm-up for their game Sunday night against Dallas, or if that'll be watched by anybody. He scored four touchdowns against Arizona. Are we talking about league MVP type stuff here? One, I'm very excited for Dallas San Fran. Uh, no, it, it's it's just so hard for anybody. Like Adrian Peterson was the last non-quarterback to do it, and I it's like he almost broke Eric Dickerson's record that year, coming off of the ACL. And he and the the thing that really boosted up is everything around him was bad. Where with McCaffrey, everything around him is awesome. Uh, and McCaffrey's not on that pace. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, he scores, like, I think he's, what, on like a 10-game 10, like, uh, 10 touchdown streak, uh, averaging 5.7 yards per carry, which would be a career high for him. Yeah, he, he's balling right now. But I actually think there's a higher chance Brock Purdy wins MVP than CMC because of how wow. quarterback heavy it is. Oh, wow. Now, now, I would disagree with you there because I think if Brock Purdy would have to be so extra special 
Like we look at him like he's Shanahan's toy and has done a remarkable job, but I still don't. I think when you get to the list of, of reasons that the Niners are as great as they are, Brock Purdy's solid play is what you would say more than his spectacular play. And to be an MVP, you have to be – The stats are amazing. They the are. Stats, I, 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 no, I don't think – I'm just – the point I'm making is that it's such a QB award yes, that I, I think there's a higher chance of Purdy over Chris McCaffrey. Like McCaffrey would have to bump up his production right. for what has happened these first four weeks. And I think the schedule is going to get tougher for them going forward. Um oh. Yeah, it's oh. pretty remarkable. You've had 10 straight years of a quarterback winning the award. Now, there have been other running backs that have won it over the last 25 years, right? If you go back, like LaDainian Tomlinson, who set the touchdown record, Sean Alexander, mm-hmm. the year before that, he did the same sort of thing with touchdowns. Uh, Terrell Davis won it. Emmett Smith won it. Um, but McCaffrey, to me, the, the total mismatch that he is all about, and I don't know if I said it on this show or on a radio interview I was doing, is that you can put him anywhere. You can run him between the tackles. He's got the speed to pop outside, and then he can catch the ball like a number one wide receiver. I think I said this last week that he is just – he's so good. And if he does get like 2,500 scrimmage yards, which I know is a – that's a huge number. But if he gets that and he gets 18 touchdowns this year, which is a possibility, I think people are going to have to strongly consider it. Just saying. I think he'd have to break LT's rushing touchdown record to Thomason has it over to Alexander because it was a year after, right? Correct? Mm-hmm. I I think he would have to break that touchdown record and eclipse the two thousand yard mark to do it. And right now he's just he's rushing really well, but he's like on pace like nineteen like uh less than two thousand. Yeah. And I don't know if he's gonna be able to keep yeah. it up. All right, finally, uh before we get out of here, uh were you more impressed? by Khalil Mack's six-sack game against his old team, the Raiders, or Justin Herbert playing the fourth quarter with a claw in his hand and finishing this game with a 51-yard completion on third and long from deep in their own end? Beautiful throw, a ballsy throw. Um, but to me, it's Mack, right? We, we're having Mack is done conversations just two days ago. He had a, zero, uh, a 0.0 pass rush win rate. And it wasn't just like, these sacks were nice, right? Like the moves here, it's like, oh, this was this was vintage Khalil Mack. He also had like, it wasn't just, hey, sacks or busts. He had four quarterback hits on top of that. Five tackles for a loss, right? Mm-hmm. If he had zero, if he had zero sacks, four QB hits, and five tackles for a loss, like that's a great game for Khalil Mack. No, he was going at it with these guys. I mean, the six sack move was so nice. They put the running back on the chip him. He just slides away from that. Throw the little inside move at the right tackle. He bites and then pops back out. To still have the speed and bend to do some of that stuff was nice. Where, again, like with, as the Chargers work to get back, like, you know, be a playoff team, which I think they will be, Mac is pass rush is what wins in the playoffs. And if Mac can play at this level, not this level, but at a great level, it obviously helps him a lot having him in Bosa on two sides. Yeah, listen, he was a pro bowler last year, but that's only because of his name and it carrying some weight. He he did I didn't think he played at a pro bowl level a season ago. Um and you know the Raiders they actually don't give up sacks. They've given up only 5 all year in their first 3 games and here's Khalil Mack just being a home wrecker. I know he was going against not Jimmy G, a guy who can get rid of the ball when he needs to uh things of that nature has played plenty of football at this level, but he was going against a 
rookie in Aiden O'Connell, who is seeing his first NFL action. But six sacks is six sacks. I will say this about Justin Herbert. I have no idea what that claw thing was. I love it that he quoted Monty Python saying it's just a flesh wound afterward. That was pretty hilarious. But, you know, there are reports from my buddy Ian Rappaport over at NFL Network that he suffered a fractured finger on that hand and a gruesome nail injury. And when I hear gruesome nail injury, like nail injuries are one thing I just don't, like my stomach turns a little bit when I hear that stuff. So good for him that he was able to deal with that. That was kind of gross. Nail injuries are underrated. Like I remember yeah. literally, you know, breaking a nail in football yeah. practice. I'm like, this this hurts more than like a sprained wrist. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. My oldest son had to have two toenails removed from something. He had, and he was like, Dad, what do I do? I was like, good luck, brother. I love you, but yeah, you're on your own on this one. I'm not going to deal with it yet. So have you ever All seen right, Steve-O uh, uh, drinking the Miller Highlights coming off of the nails on of that Indian dude? No. Was, on, on, I think it was the first jackass where the guy has the world's longest nails. He keeps them in the bag. And Steve-O got underneath him and, and they like, did a, a Miller Highlight luge off of him. Yeah, I just I have to admit I kind of sat out the whole jackass thing. I understand its appeal, it's just it just wasn't me. Don't take it the wrong way. I am I do take that first. I'm sure you do. Hey, good luck Monday night with your Giants and Seahawks. I am wishing you the best. I know that Andrew Thomas is still out and I know you've you've waited patiently since your Thursday night debacle out, out west. So I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for your squad to get back to five hundred and then I can see your smiling face on Friday, and you'll feel better. Oh, yeah. It feels like we haven't played in ages. So um, I'm excited to get back out. And then if we lose, I'll be wishing that we yeah. didn't play in ages again. Well, hang in there. Uh, when we return, we will uh, break down that powerful Thursday night game between Bears and the Washington Commanders. And then we'll get you all set for week five in the NFL as we check out the weekend slate. For our producer, Mikey, for Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants, continue to consume his content. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Football Today. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.